So I created this graphic and posted it on my YouTube community page. Some of you guys might have caught it. It just shows the 276 sign basic dimensions. This was the sign that occurred on December 27th to 28th, 2023. So you've got the sun um, at 276 degrees in Sagittarius or the ninth constellation. And then you've got the moon at 108 degrees in the third constellation or Gemini, otherwise known as Castor and Pollux. And then you've got uh, Aries, oh, you got Jupiter at 35 degrees in the first constellation or Aries. And take note that uh, the Aries constellation, which would be up here, that's about 40 degrees off center from like the ecliptic 12 o'clock position, which makes sense because Aries is the lamb, is Jesus, is the door, is number, you know represented by number four. He's, he's the middle candle or the fourth candle on the seven candle menorah. So it makes sense that, that it would be 40 degrees off center. And between the sun and the moon, there are 192 degrees or 168 degrees, depending on uh, which side of the ecliptic you go around. So that's the, those are like the basic dimensions. There are other features that I won't, I won't get into, but those are like the, the big important things. Um, 384 degrees is also a number that's important to keep in mind because um, it's if you add the position of the sun at 276 degrees to the position of the moon at 108 degrees, you get the 384 degrees. And that shows up a lot in like the numerical analysis of this when we go into the numer numerics. So anyway, the um, this is the view in Stellarium, which is the astronomy software I use. So you can see it's pretty close to what I had there. You've got same thing going on here's is the this is the gemini constellation right here and you got the moon and then down here sagittarius you got the sun and up here you got aries and just pretty much to the right of its um front legs you've got jupiter right there at 35 degrees and yeah this was taken at uh early morning i guess what was that december 28th um i don't remember where this is this is probably yeah this is probably jerusalem time zone when I took the screenshot. All right. So let's get started. I just want to first do show some quick number stuff that I thought that I found after I made my last video, which I thought was pretty cool. And this pertains to the sign. So I noticed with the dates there, <laughs> they're all pointing to the sign. I mean, the dates themselves, the Gregorian dates. So if you look at, um, I've got it here on my Twitter post, but I'll, I'll try to, I'll just reproduce it on the right side here, which has a bigger font. So you've got the date, um, 12, 27, 23. So that was one of the dates. So that's the date when the sign first, uh, manifested late, late in the evening. Now, if you do, um, a simple multiplication of that date. So if you do the one times two times two times seven times two times three it gives you 168 168 degrees just like i showed that's a, the 168 degrees around the ecliptic from the position of the uh, sun to the position of the moon now if you take the the next date which is 1228 and do the same thing 1 times 2 times 2 times 8 times 2 times 3 
you get 192 for the 192 degrees which is the uh, difference between the sun and the moon positions on the other side of the ecliptic just like I had showed and if you um, write out the year instead of 23 you do the full 2023 and you do the product of multiplication 1 times 2 times 2 times 8 times 2 times 2 times 3 you get 384 which is the 384 degrees that you get when you sum the 276 degrees uh, with the 108 degrees of the moon position so this is a uh, this is you know, obviously amazing. I was pretty astonished when I saw this. Um, what a proof. I mean, can there be any doubt left? Um, let's see. And then there's a couple other things I wanted to show. Regarding that date. Um, so if you, if you just go and do a simple gematria on um, English and you type in 27th of December, 27th of December in simple ordinal just happens to equal 276. The 276 degrees of the position of the sun and the 27th of December is when this sign manifested. So, you know, just just behold the the awesome power and sovereignty of God. I mean, he he's sovereign over everything, you know, over it the english language all the numbers used the calendar dates gentile and jew calendar whether they're wrong or right or people think they're twisted or wrong or they're corrupted he's sovereign over it all so just just um stand in awe of <laughs> the amazing uh connections that you can find i mean uh and then if you take this uh date 1227 and you subtract it so if you if you were first you reverse it so because 1227 reversed uh, would be 7221 and then you subtract 1227 from it you get 5994 which is the current year Anno Mundi in reality it's Anno whoops Anno Fall but most people are more familiar with Anno Mundi and have no idea what Anno Fall is so I'm just gonna say Anno Mundi but anytime I say Anamundi, I'm probably referring to Anno Fall, Year of the Fall. Um, let's see. And then the, the sign numerically is represented by, um, you can do it by like 39 because it's the third and ninth constellations that re represents the sign. Um, or variations of that like 93 or 393, for instance. Um, one of the strongest numerical representations of that sign is 139 because it's the first constellation, third constellation, ninth constellation. And um, I realized that why this sign is defined in Acts 27 and 28 because Acts 27 and 28 um, can be defined by um, 278. Um, it could be defined by 2728 or it can be defined by 278. But if you do... Um, 139 plus 139 <laughs> equals 278. So this is this is how the Bible is woven together. It's all done by, you know, numbers. So that's why you have this sign, which is most aptly 
defined by the number 139, um, defined in <laughs> chapters 27 and 28, which is 278, because 139 plus 139 equals 278. And then why does it happen on, um, why did it occur on December 27th going into the 28th, which is, um, it's like, you know, 12, 27 to 28. Now, if you compress that down to a number, because remember in numerics, you can drop zeros, you can um, um, compress repeating digits, you would get like one, two, seven, eight. Okay, that would be like a, what, probably the sanest numerical rep representation of that date, uh, or those two dates rather. So if you add 139 plus 1139, it equals 1278. So that's why God chose that Gentile calendar date to, to you know, dates, I should say, to be the dates that the sign manifests on. Um, other cool things is if you take uh, to 139 and you add it to 784, which represents 5784, the current Jewish year, uh, current official Jewish year, uh, it equals 923. That implies ninth constellation, two third constellation, because that's when the sign happens in the year 5784. Um, if you take, if you were like, God hides a lot of things by reversing numbers or rotating them. Um, so if you take the two, seven, eight, which is referring to X 27 to 28, but you reverse it and you have eight, seven, two, and then you add seven, 84 to that, you get 1656, which Anybody who knows anything about um, the book of Genesis and the dates involved knows that that's the date in Anno Mundi when the flood started. Okay, and we're, we're at the cusp of the beginning of the next great judgment. So the first was by water, the second will be by fire. But in this case, we'll have a, a period of great tribulation before beforehand. Um, another thing that I, I found was... Uh, if you take these, um, the, like, coordinate, I don't know what's the word for it, degrees, I guess, eh, whatever, degrees of, oops, I'm still getting used to how to, how to enter, like, a degrees character. Okay, that's how you do it. Okay, if you take the degrees of the part, the primary participants in this sign, so you had Saturn at 35 degrees, and then you divide it by the, and you divide, like, each one by the constellation um, that they were in. So that was like the first constellation. And then you have the 108 degrees divided by the third constellation, which is where it was. That's the moon, right? And then you have the 276 degrees, which was the sun. Whoops. 276 and the sun was in the ninth constellation, Sagittarius. Okay, these, each of these is going to give a result. This first one is going to be obviously 35. The second one is 36. And the third one is 
30.666. And if you sum those together, the sum is equal to 101.666, which as if you watch my last video, you know that 101 is a reference to the binary door. In other words, is a reference to the rapture. And then 666, we should know, is a reference to Antichrist and the Beast Kingdom. So, so <laughs> the sign, you know, if you add it to, together this way, is it's basically it's telling you um, uh, rapture followed by Antichrist, right? The rapture door to heaven followed by the Antichrist. Um, one final thing I'll mention before we um, get into some of the rapture date stuff. I mentioned in the last video that I didn't, I, I couldn't find a place where in, in Acts 27 and 28, where the, where there was any sort of mention or even like implied hint of, of the uh, aspect of the sign where Jupiter is at 35 degrees in Aries. But I think I did find it in the last couple of days, because if you go to, um, let me go to Acts 27, verse 28. Hey, that's Acts 27, 28, strangely enough. It says, so this is where they're, um, they're trying to gauge the depth of the water as they're approaching Malta. Um, and they said that they sounded and it found 20 fathoms and they got a little they went a little further, sounded again and it found it 15 fathoms. So 20 plus 15 is 35, right? So I think that is the answer to, uh, how is Jupiter at 35 degrees uh, mentioned in Acts 27 and 28? There you go. You got your 20, 20 plus 35 gives you 35 degrees. Okay. Now let's take a look at uh, where we are on the calendar and with respect to the rapture date. So on January 19th, which was one of the days that we were thinking uh, I guess it would be it would have been like the eighth day of Hanukkah. We were thinking that that might have been uh, that well that we thought that that was a high watch date. Uh, I got a verse of the day pop up on my phone because you know like a lot of us we have Bible apps and it gives us the verse of the day, and it was First uh, Kings. I'll photo of it here. It was First Kings, chapter eight, verse fifty six. Um. Yeah, what does it say here? So, I I was thinking it looks a lot like First King. It was very, it's very very close, suspiciously close to First Kings eight, uh, verse sixty five, right? Because it's just you just the fifty six is backwards, and I thought, well, that is a pretty crazy pretty crazy coincidence. I mean, that is pretty darn close to what we were saying about um what's described in first kings 865 which is where solomon uh holds the dedication and then he extends it like by seven days so there's like a 14 day um ultimately it's a 14 day festival so i took that as a very strong hint from god that that maybe that's when that that's that's in play here right and we we had already suspected that like in the last video i had mentioned that as a possibility that's why i had those other dates in red you know the day 14 and quote unquote 15 of hanukkah but since then we have a better idea of what of that what that meant because i really only looked at that in passing the first time and i've been working with 
um, some brothers on Twitter, Brother Jordan and Brother G44, and you know they just really really helped me out a lot, helped me understand this stuff because I don't I don't really know the uh, that much about the dedication and and tabernacle stuff. So anyway, uh, I guess I'll show you those verses. We'll read them. This is First Kings, chapter eight. Okay, so we've got chapter 8, verse 65. And at that time, Solomon held a feast and all Israel with him, a great congregation from the entering in of Hamath unto the river of Egypt before the Lord our God, seven days and seven days. Yeah, seven days and seven days, even 14 days. You know, I'm going to turn off the uh, Strong's numbers here. That's hard to read. And, uh, and then 866 says, On the eighth day he sent the people away, and they blessed the king and went went unto their tents joyful and glad of heart for all the goodness that the Lord had done for David his servant and for Israel his people. Now, if you go to Second uh, Chronicles chapter seven, it's pretty much describing the same thing. And this is verses uh, eight. Well, there you go. Look at that. You've got a two seven eight right there. Second Chronicles chap uh, chapter seven verse eight, just like uh, mirroring the. Acts uh, chapters 27 to 28. Anyway, so verse 8 says, uh, Also at the same time Solomon kept the feast seven days, and all Israel with him, a very great congregation, from the entering in of the Hamath unto the river of Egypt. And in the eighth day they made a solemn assembly, for they kept the dedication of the altar seven days, and the feast seven days. Okay, so... So what it's saying here is that when Solomon was having Solomon was having this festival here that consisted of like the first part of it was basically like well he was having this festival that was basically dedicating the temple and the first part of it was the dedication the first 7 days and then the second 7 days was quote unquote the feast so i guess that's the feast of tabernacles otherwise known as Sukkot Now, remember what I said in the last video, uh, what Brother G44 was explaining to me was that tabernacles could not be celebrated at the proper time because uh, the temple hadn't been cleansed yet. And he argued that the temple was cleansed when um, Michael the Archangel, as Mars, as the planet Mars, touched the sanctuary on uh, January 11th, which was um, Kislev 24 show that to you fast so this was january 11th when mars came in here and touched that little line and remember this remember this um these constellation lines on the upper part of the sagittarius constellation they're a ship in in the context of um the symbolism of the acts 27 28 ship narrative but they're also a tabernacle or a sanctuary sanctuary okay because the the lines also resemble a tent. So remember the sun at the 276 sign was right there at the top where, where Mars is now. And then it's gone. It's moved on in the last two weeks. But after those two weeks um, on Kislev 24, Mars touched that line, uh, which was the cleansing of the sanctuary. Now, remember, this happened exactly on the same day, which was 2300 days after 
the Revelation 12 sign. And if you look at, um, if you remember, I went over this in the last video, but Daniel chapter 8, he says, in chapter 8, verse 14, after 2,300 days, the sanctuary shall be cleansed. Okay. So, yeah, that's what happened there. And that's also when United States and Great Britain attacked the, uh, Yemen, like the Houthi rebels in Yemen. Like, actually, if you, I went and looked at the exact time, like in that time zone, it was like 2.30 a.m. on the 12th. So very, very early morning on the 12th of January is when they launched the attack. Like you can find that on Wikipedia. And that, that's like exa almost exactly, like within like 15 minutes or something of when the planet Mars hit that um, that little line in, in that time zone. So it's... <laughs> Uh, obviously, they're they're paying attention to to these things as well. So anyway, that being said, so so like I said, First Kings chapter eight verse sixty five and sixty six, and then that other blurb in Second Chronicles chapter seven eight and nine, they're talking about this festival that lasts fourteen days, basically. Okay. Because it's like a combination of dedication and and Sukkot. Now, ha having said that, I created a I, I modified the calendar a little bit that I was using. I gotta find it real fast. Hang on. Okay, so here we go. Let me just zoom this out. Zoom this, yeah, like that. Okay. Uh, so yeah, this calendar has the official Jewish calendar dates on the left, and then um, the Gentile Gregorian calendar dates and then these this like Enochian solar calendar dates uh, which I went into in the last video if you want to know how I'm coming up with these dates just watch that one but as we pointed out there was a lot of evidence to suggest that January 11th was actually Kislev 24th um, which was mentioned in Haggai chapter 2 um, where the word of the Lord came to Haggai and he said that he would shake the heavens and the earth on Kislev 24th well and also we showed that how Kislev 24 seems to be anchored to or connected to um, the 276 sign that occurred on uh, December 27th going into the 28th. It's like 14 days later. And and December and Acts 27 mentions like a 14-day tarrying period. So I think that's how it connects to that. And so from that point, like the next day started Hanukkah. And we showed a bunch of information, especially in the, the dates, how the dates... Um, <laughs> had this like mirror effect from the um from like the gregorian calendar to the official jewish calendar so that really also reinforced this it was, it's more just suggestive evidence that that was in fact hanukkah like these dates are actually hanukkah the true hanukkah anyway so so if that was the 24th of kislev the next day is the 25th which would have been the first day of hanukkah and so then you have Let's see, first day, second day, third day, fourth day, fifth day, sixth day, seventh day of Hanukkah, and then 
And then as as First Kings and Second Chronicles explained, after that seven day dedication, and remember Hanukkah means dedication. That's what the word actually means. You start the feast, and the feast they're referring to is the Feast of Tabernacles, otherwise known as Sukkot. Let me expand this a little bit, uh, slightly. So that that began on um, on this Enochian calendar date. That began on Tevet one, um, first day of Sukkot. And this is like this delayed um, Sukkot because uh, the the sanctuary wasn't cleansed until Kislev 24, January 11th, like I just explained. That's our theory anyway. So from so I guess that's the first day of Sukkot, second day, third, fourth, fifth, sixth. And then the seventh day of Sukkot is going to be January 25th. That's also um, Tevet 7, or the seventh day of the 10th month and then the eighth day which is a great eighth day uh i think that's referred to in second kings eight sixty six. i think they say like all the people went away uh happy um uh, paraphrasing there on the eighth on the eighth day and this is like keep in mind this is like the 15th day of this entire festival that started at um kislev 25 so that's a great eighth day Shimini Atzeret, that's on January 26th, which is um, Tevet 10, or the 8th day of the 10th month. And then the Jewish official calendar dates would be Shabbat 15 and Shabbat 16. Now, concerning these dates, um, the first thing that comes to mind this is something that Brother G44 pointed out, is that the, let me close this real fast, the dates of the tw January 25th and January 26th. Which are written like this, obviously. Uh, resemble Revelation 12.5. And twelve six, man child caught up on twelve and twelve five. Tribulation begins in twelve six. Other thing I noticed was that okay, so the other date was uh, Tibet seven and eight. It was the tenth month and the uh, which and the seventh and eighth days. So it's like written like ten eight and ten seven. And those numbers look familiar to me. And then I remembered that when I was looking at the sign, I noticed that, let me just try to pull it up. So the, the sign is defined when the sun reaches 276 degrees of longitude. And at that moment, this, the moon is at 108 degrees, but that's not the whole story. That's what it's like over here in, in um, the western part like so you know uh, the americas but in in the eastern part of the earth okay so jerusalem and eastwards asia and so forth it was the, the moon was when the sun reached 276 degrees the moon was actually at 107 degrees but only for like an hour and a half or so or an hour and 15 minutes before it reached the 108 degree um point and so you've got there manifest in this sign you've got 107 and 108 107 and 108 which is just like the, the dates here 
involved. Let me put that in the right order. Um, tenth month, seventh day, uh, tenth month, eighth day. The two dates that we're looking at here, January 25th and 26th. Tibet 7 and Tibet 8. So, I mean, I'm not saying those <laughs> that they're definitely the rapture date, but that's a pretty pretty cool connection if they were the rapture date that the that those dates are baked into the sign and in that way okay so now about this period of time so between so you've got like from the 276 sign which was on uh you know december 27th going in the 28th which is right here you've got two periods of 14 okay because it's like this is the you know date of the sign here kislev 10 or december 28th and then you go one first day second third fourth fifth sixth seventh eighth ninth tenth eleventh twelfth thirteenth and then the 14th day you're on you're at um january 11th kislev 24. so that's like the first period of terry okay the terry period and it explicitly mentions, if you recall, a 14-day Terry period in Acts 27. I believe it's Acts 27, verse 33. Uh, but then we've got this, from Kislev 24, you've got this extended feast, which lasts 14 days. So you've got like another 14 days there. So you get um, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, which takes you to the last day of the this extended feast. Okay, December, excuse me, January 25th, or Tibet 7. And so, um, that said, let's take a look at some hints that, uh, where you have like a, a double 14, okay? So the first one, I think I mentioned in previous videos, but I'll just go over it again. The first one is right there in Acts 27 again. Acts 27 actually mentions 14 twice and um kind of, kind, of, kind of conspicuously i don't think it was an accident i think it's a hint so you've got acts 20 27 verse 27 okay you got when the 14th night was come that's the first time and then the second one is uh verse 33 where it's talking about the 14th day so you've got this conspicuous double mention of 14 um and we already established that this uh, sign, which is defined in Acts 27 and 28, is this point, uh, which is, you know, from which this 14-day period of Terry is connected to. Um, so, yeah, you've got 14 mentioned twice, and then you've got exactly two 14s connecting uh, the 276 sign to the seventh day, uh, or, you know, the 14th day of this um, extended festival period that began on Kislev 24. Isn't that interesting? And then there's another one. So we got to go right back to Haggai chapter 2. And this one was pointed out to me by Brother G44. Okay, so... Okay, so the word of the Lord comes to Haggai. So the word of the Lord that's about um, the 24th day of the ninth month um, starts at Haggai chapter 2, verses 10, and it goes for 14 verses, okay? Because 
the first part of it, it's not, it's like the 21st day of the month or something like that. Or the 21st day of the second of the seventh month. But specifically the, the section of this chapter that deals with this word of the Lord that's coming to Haggai uh, um, on the four and 20th day of the ninth month, the 24th day of the ninth month, it's in these <laughs> 14 verses um, of, you know, verses 10 through 23. Okay. So you got 14 there. And then for some, for some reason in that prophecy, it says that the word of the Lord came unto Haggai on the 24th day of the ninth month twice. Okay. That's stated twice. It's, it's stated in verses 10 and then again in 20. So you've got again, this 14 times two thing going here, which I think is another hint to the, this period of time from the, 276 sign of 14 plus 14. You got the 14 to get the kiss love 24, and then you got the extended feast of 14 days. So, oh, yeah, and there's another cool thing that Brother G44 showed me. Um, and this is in the wording of when they mentioned that that extended feast in 2 Kings chapter 8. Going to, oops, 1 Kings, sorry, 1 Kings chapter 8. At, and at that time, Solomon held a feast and all Israel with him. This is verse 65, by the way. A great congregation from the entering in of Hamath unto the river of Egypt before the Lord our God. Seven days and seven days. Okay, 14 days. And so it's mentioning this location here. Okay, that's what, what this, this part is. But that word Hamath looks and sounds suspiciously very close to Hamas. And I don't know if you guys remember, but that word Hamas in Hebrew um, means violence. Hamas, Strong's 2555 means violence. Okay. So if you look at it like that, so if you, if you look at it, like instead of this describing location, but it's describing uh, an event that's happening in time. And then from meaning like from that point, so it's like from the entering in of violence into the river of Egypt. So then if you look at like that to mean like, let's see here. Because if you look at Egypt, the Red Sea kind of looks like the river of Egypt. Or you know, if you want to argue, maybe it's, you can say like Suez Canal would be the river of Egypt. And Red Sea kind of goes, you know, into that. Either way. Um, it's, it's just kind of not, this isn't, you know, this isn't science here. This is, um, innuendo. Okay. This is God's innuendo. So from the entering in of violence unto the, into the river of Egypt, or from the entering in of violence into the Red Sea. Right. So he's saying at that time, Solomon held a feast. So in other words, this feast, this extended feast began from the entrance of violence into the Red Sea. Isn't that interesting, right? Because that's exactly, I mean, remember, like I said, January 11th is exactly when Great Britain and USA attacked Yemen. So that's the quote unquote entering into violence into the, um, into the Red Sea. That's when, if you, if you accept that, uh, that innuendo as, as a, a type of hint, you know, then he's saying that the feast started, the extended feast started then. And that's exactly what we're saying according to our calendar this is when the attack happened and that's when and then we, we start the extended feast 
the next day. That's day one of, of dedication, the dedication week of Hanukkah, the Hanukkah week, right? And then you've got another seven days taking to the, the last day, the 14th day. So what a cool little hint that is. And January 25th to the 26th is also the full moon. And uh, if you remember Proverbs 7.20 and Psalms 81.3, they both refer to Jesus returning at the appointed time. But um, appointed time there is actually the Strong's Hebrew um, 36.77, Kessa. And um, many believe that should be correctly translated as full moon. Let me just pull that up real fast. Proverbs 7.20. He hath taken a bag of money with him and will come home at the day appointed. So it really should say at the full moon. The same thing with Psalms 81.3. Blow up the trumpet in the new moon, in the full moon, at the, uh, on our solemn feast day. Um, interesting side fact if you take the, those those two verses are the only places in the entire bible where this word is actually used so it's only used twice and if you add up the verse chapter number uh, chapter verse numbers of those so you take 813 um plus proverbs 720 which is 720 you get 1533 so you get a little a little 153 there um so anyway, that's the full moon coming up, and this month's full moon, as I mentioned in the last video, is also known as a wolf moon, or the wolf, or a wolf full moon, or something like that. And also in the last video, I mentioned in that context that <laughs> that it's that howl is mentioned um, for when the day of the Lord starts, for when the tribulation starts. Right. So if you look at Isaiah thirteen sixteen. It says, excuse me, 13, 6. It says, Howl ye, for the day of the Lord is at hand. It shall come as a destruction from the Almighty. And, yeah, is that another little hint uh, that the tribulation starts on a wolf full moon? Uh, I looked up more instances of um, howl in the Bible since our last video, and... Howl, the word howl occurs exactly 29 times in the King James Bible. And isn't it interesting that from that 276 sign to January 26th, it's exactly 29 days. Um, anyway, so if you look at um, some, uh, you look at a small sampling of verses with howl in it, it's usually in, in um, or I shouldn't say usually, it's often in the context of something to do with the the tribulation. So if you look at say Isaiah 15 3, oh that's a 153 again. So in their streets they shall gird themselves with sackcloth on the tops of their houses and in their streets everyone shall ha shall howl weeping abundantly. Um, and then if you look at Isaiah 23 1 and I think this whole chapter has to do with the the initial destruction on Babylon that occurs right at the beginning of the Great Tribulation, or excuse me, right at the beginning of the Tribulation. Uh, so, 21, verse 1, right away, it says, the burden of Tyre, and I believe that Tyre um, 
represents New York City for a bunch of reasons that I won't get into. So it says, the burden of Tyre, howl ye ships of Tarshish, Tarshish, for it is laid waste so that there is no house, no entering end from the land of Chitim, it is revealed to them. And then in verse 6, pass ye over to Tarshish, howl ye inhabitants of the isle. The isle there, in my opinion, uh, referring to Manhattan, island of Manhattan in New York City. And verse 14, howl ye ships of Tarshish, for your strength is laid waste. So a lot of the initial destruction, I don't want to go off on a too much of a tangent, but a lot of the initial destruction of the the first wave of the tribulation is uh, a mega tsunami, which the the enemy has been signaling so hard. If you, if you follow me on Twitter, you know I, I, I talk about it a lot. But they're planning on unleashing, unleashing at least one mega tsunami. It's, it'll be, you know, man-made. Um, on... Uh, for for sure the east coast of the usa and possibly also the west coast and this is actually talked about in psalm 124 there was um a book written by i forget the name of the author but a lot of you are probably familiar with it it's prophecies in the psalms or and it was it was written actually back in the 80s or 90s where uh, this guy discovered a pattern where a lot of the 20th century events could be um, found in the Psalms, like matching the Psalm number. So like, for instance, uh, something happened in 1913, it would be in Psalm, uh, Psalm 13. And so that's why I say Psalm 124 describes events in, um, in 2024. Now he, like I said, he, he wrote the book in the eighties, but there's been a lot of con con like stuff that confirms it since then. Like if you look at, um, psalm 120 um <laughs> which you know we know what happened in in 2020 right and so what's like the first or the second verse here deliver my soul O lord from lying lips and a deceitful tongue so it's referring to the fake pandemic um so anyway if you look at 124 it's talking about if it not if it had not been the lord who was on our side when men rose up against us then they had swallowed swallowed us up quick when their wrath was kindled against us. The waters had overwhelmed us. The stream had gone over our soul. Then the proud waters had gone over our soul. So this this flooding imagery, you know, um, which corresponds perfectly to a mega tsunami scenario that inundates East Coast, at least the East Coast, probably other places too. Um, blessed be the Lord who hath not given us as a prey to their teeth. Our soul is escaped as a bird out of the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken and we are escaped. So there you got your rapture uh, wording or imagery there. Because that's the same, um, that's the same, I guess, the, the same sort of uh, rhetorical imagery, you can say, that's used in um, the book of Luke. I think it was... Luke chapter 21, where uh, it says, For as a snare shall it come on all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. So it's likening the tribulation period to a snare. So here, where, it, where it's saying that our soul is escaped as a bird out of the snare of the fowlers, it's saying that we escaped the tribulation. So it's a rapture reference. Okay, so. Uh, another instance of how was that I found noteworthy was in Zechariah. 
chapter 11, verse 2. Howl, fir tree, <laughs> howl, fir tree, for the cedar is fallen because the mighty are spoiled. Howl, O ye oaks of Bashan, for the forest of the vintage has come down. So, yeah, that brings us into the next thing I want to talk about. Um, the date of um, January 25th happens to be uh, Tuba Shabbat, the new year of trees or the feast of trees. And this howl thing, this howl verse right here, uh, Zechariah 11:2, which, by the way, <laughs> that's that's the verse in Genesis. Genesis 1:12 is the verse where trees are created in the creation account. But that's a side note. Um, so this verse, Zechariah 11:2, is combining the wolf full moon with the feast of trees. So maybe that's another hint. But yeah, so that's. Um, that's the other thing I wanted to mention. That is the new the, that's the um, new year of trees, feast of trees, or whatever it's called. Um, I don't really know much about it, but there is a, a really good hint that uh, Brother G forty four pointed out to me, and also in Haggai too, remarkably. Let me pull up Haggai real fast. Watch the preceding chapter, pre preceding book. So, Haggai chapter two verse nineteen. It says, is the seed yet in the barn? Yea, as yet the vine and the fig tree and the pomegranate and the olive tree hath not brought forth. From this day I will bless you. So, yeah, wow. Isn't it amazing? That seems like a, a strong hint uh, for the, uh, you know, referring to the, the Feast of Trees or the New Year of Trees. And... Um, isn't it amazing that there are all these hints that are packed into Haggai chapter 2, just in these few verses? I mean, for example, in verses 12 and 13, it's talking about being unclean by a dead body, which implies the cleansing, the seven-day cleansing period of Leviticus. And this is a couple verses after it mentions the 24th day of the ninth month, which, as we said, was the 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 point where the or the day when the sanctuary is cleansed by Michael the Archangel as the planet Mercury. Um, so there's just <laughs> there's just so much stuff packed into this this one prophecy um, to to Haggai. Anyway, so uh, let me move on here and get into some numeric stuff. So there's a lot of cool stuff I found, and I want to show you guys. All right, so. I guess the first thing okay about this date also this is kind of a minor thing but i just thought i'd mention it so this is uh january 25th sorry one two five and that's 2024 so that equals by reduction reduces to or just by summation it's an eight that's five plus two plus one is eight and then this is also an eight because two plus two plus four is eight so you've got your 88 and it's like uh what do they say in back to the future when this baby hits 88 miles per hour you're going to see some serious doo-doo so there's that and um let's see i already mentioned that so let me set this up here so the first thing you have to know is that so like we talked about 
Hanukkah in Hebrew had the um, gematria of 83 and 38. Now, since we're talking about Sukkot, remember Sukkot means tabernacles, we're going to look at the numbers 31 and 13. So if you look at Sukkot in Hebrew, um, the standard ordinal and reduced values for Sukkot are 85, 31, and 13. I'm pretty much just going to ignore the 85 because I think this this symmetry here of the 31 and 13 is God's way of sort of trying to draw our attention to it. So we should that maybe I thought maybe we should focus on it on on those numbers more. So if you if you want to like look at Sukkot like the eighth day of Sukkot, then you want to be looking at um, something like 13. 8, right? Because Sukkot mean, is, is 13, and then 8, mean, 8 means 8th day, so you'll be looking at the number 138. And then if you want to look at, uh, there, so there are four variations of that, right? Because you, you've got the 31 or the 13, and then you could put the 8 on the beginning or the end of the number. So you can do 13.8, or you can do 3.18, because that's the 31 and the 8. So Sukkot, 8th day. And then you can do 8. 13, eighth day of 13, eighth day of Sukkot. Or you can do 831, which is eighth day of 31, which is the ordinal value. Um, so yeah, those are the numerical variations if you're trying to represent eighth day of Sukkot numerically. Um, one interesting thing is if you take the 318 here, 318, uh, like the 318th prime number is 2,111. Um, and that should stand out immediately because of John 2111, which is the verse that talks about the 153 fish. So that's a, you know, we can, <laughs> can say maybe that means that uh, the 153 fish will be caught on the third day, or you know, the eighth day of Sukkot, the great eighth day, Shemini Atzeret. Uh, you could make that argument, but let's continue. So another thing is like we were looking at that full moon verse of Psalm 81.3. That's 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 just this one right here, right? Because you can take that apart and make that an 813, which is 8 and 13, eighth day of Sukkot. So I thought that was very cool. And I, I looked, uh, if you remember last time on the last video, because I kept seeing Yemen in the news, and I thought that sounded a lot like Yemen, which is a phrase stated fairly often, I guess, in the in the Bible, like Yemen of Galilee. And I discovered that it's in it's uh, it has thirteen occurrences in um, the entire Bible. So you have, um, I guess, well, let me just put that out there. So Yemen. 13 occurrences, and now we know 
that could be a hint <clears throat> at Sukkot because Sukkot is equal to 13. And not only 13 occurrences um, giving us a clue to Sukkot, but if you remember from the last video, all of the occurrences in the New Testament um, of the 13, there are, there are eight of them in the New Testament. And all of those eight actually happen to be in the book of Acts. So isn't it, first of all, isn't it amazing that we have this hint pointing at Yemen that happens to point so strongly also to the book of Acts and what's going on with Yemen has to do with ships or shipping, you know, and Acts has this ship narrative. But anyway, so you have the eight, the eight instances of the 13 or the, the eight occurrences out of the 13 um, uh, of this word, of this phrase, ye men, okay, happen to be in the book of Acts or happen to be in the New Testament, however you want to look at it. So again, we have a, an eight and a 13. So that also is pointing to um, eighth day of Sukkot. So it's not just pointing at Sukkot, it's pointing specifically if you if you break down like the division of the occurrences between the Old and New Testament, it's pointing to the eighth day of Sukkot. Um, let's take another look at uh, the Feast of Trees or the New Year for Trees from a numerical perspective. Now the word tree is found in um, 119 chapters in the Bible. It occurs in 119 chapters of the Bible, I should say. And then uh, trees, the plural form of that, is, uh, occurs in uh, 88 chapters. Those are interesting numbers there. So if you just sum them, well, first of all, right off the bat, that one nine one one nine plus eight eight looks looks very suspiciously similar to the one one nine plus eight eight eight, which is the number of verses in the Book of Acts. But let's leave that aside for the moment. One one nine plus eight eight is equal to two o seven, which is a number you might not be aware of, but has a relationship to 153 because if you take 270, the 207 degrees, um, you get 153 degrees left. In other words, 207 plus 153 equals 360. Um, so there's that, but that's not really wanted, what I wanted to show. What I wanted to show was uh, 119 because there's this relationship um, you've got tree in 119 chapters and you've got trees in 88 chapters, okay? And so if you take the 119 minus 88, you get 31, which is Sukkot. So let's put this all together. We've got this, we've got this kind of 31, which re represents Sukkot hiding in the, in the numbers, um, of the number of occurrences of tree or trees in the King James Version. And that suggests a relationship between the Feast of Trees and Sukkot. And 
really there shouldn't be any relationship between the two, except on this calendar that we're using, this Enochian calendar, which is, you know, which we found a lot of evidence supporting the notion that Kislev 24 was actually January 11th. And starting this, you know, First Kings chapter 8 extended dedication feast from that point happens to make the Feast of Trees coincide with the seventh day of Sukkot. So what this calendar is saying is kind of like what this, what the numbers are saying here, suggesting this relationship that that was always there hiding. Um, but now we know, now we know what it means because now we understand the calendar better. Okay. I wanted to also mention how we know, I guess, from a numerical perspective, how do we know that this Terry period or this period of Terry happens to be connected or linked to the 276 sign? Well, the most, if not the most, definitely one of the most well-known tearing verses in the Bible is Habakkuk 2.3. Uh, obvious 2023 reference there. Well, let's just go through it real fast. Habakkuk 2.3. Whoops, that's Haggai. Habakkuk. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come, it will not tarry. Okay, we've all heard it before. Now, this is how we know that that, that tarrying, because that's talking about tarrying, and that's like the most well-known tarrying verse. And how, this is how we know that the 276 sign of December 27th going into the 28th is the point from which we should be calculating all this tarrying stuff okay Habakkuk 2.3 happens to be the 393rd verse of uh, from the end of the Old Testament not an accident third month or excuse me third constellation to the ninth constellation um, on top of that if you look at the Hebrew gematria value of that verse so Hebrew stand in Hebrew standard that verse equals 1637 and the 1637th prime number is 13931 which is either a framed 393 like that or you can look at it like a 139 um, going in both directions like going from left to right and right to left Hebrew style so that's pointing again at the first third and ninth constellations of the 276 sign um, another thing is you can if you want to add up all the times that Jesus tarries in the Bible so this one it's not that easy you actually have to go and read the verses but Jesus actually tarries in five verses. Okay, so Jesus tarrying. He tarries in uh, Matthew 25, 5, Luke 2.43, Luke 24, 29, 
John 3.22 and John 4.40. And if you add up all of those verse numbers, it equals 139. So we're talking about tearing here. We're talking about Jesus, right? So all this stuff, you know, having to do with tearing, whether the most um, famous tearing verse in scripture or all the instances of Jesus tearing all have, all seem to be pointing to this, you know, three, nine or three, nine, three or one, three, nine. So that's how we know from a numeric standpoint that the tearing period is anchored to that um, 276 sign event. Now check this out. This is this is pretty cool. If you take um, 139 and you subtract. Now remember, Sukkot in Hebrew Gramatra is uh, 31 in ordinal and 13 in reduced. So if you take it uh, 139 and subtract 31, which is the ordinal value, you get 108, and that corresponds to uh, eighth day of the tenth month, or Tibet eight. If you then take the 139, instead of subtracting the ordinal, you subtract the reduced value of Sukkot, you get uh, 126, which corresponds to January 26. Or you could even write them out. Maybe it's clearer that way if you write 10th day or 10th month, 8th day. First month, 26th day. And if you look on our uh, Excel spreadsheet, that's the exact same day. January 26 is Tibet 8 is great eighth day and that's something and let's see brother G44 just sent me a message he said that um, from the ring eclipse in October to January 26 is 104 days now, remember we were discussing the number 104 and how the enemy is telegraphing that number in so many ways in the past few months. Let's see. 10, 14, 23 was when the ring eclipse happened. I take us to, 10, to uh, January 26th. Yeah, 104 days indeed. So maybe that has something to do also with why they were telegraphing the number 104. Because I know that the ring eclipse was a huge, huge deal for them. They were just... They were telegraphing that all over the place and um i mean for decades really going back uh and i i made a whole bunch of twitter threads about that anyway so guys that's where we are got a couple of reasonably high watch dates ahead of us on the 25th and 26th of january uh, i guess that's thursday and friday if this is accurate here and that's uh, 7th and 8th of Tibet, which corresponds to the 7th and 8th days of Sukkot. So I don't know how it would go down if it would be like um, in the West, like the Americas, it would be the 25th of January. And in the East, like Japan and Australia, it would be the 26th of January, perhaps. Or it could just simply be that it waits until even um, in the Americas, it's the 26th of January. You know, I don't really know for sure, but these days look like pretty good watch days based on the stuff we've looked at today and in the last video and yeah we'll see but uh these again these are just guesses so you know if if the 26 passes and we're not raptured don't be too upset you know we all know how close we are we've seen far too many signs <laughs> like the 
child asteroid, you know, and the wedding ring eclipse was huge. Um, and the 276 signed, I mean, that's, that's, that sort of seals the deal, right? I mean, that's like the exit sign when, when that happened at the end of 2023, the way I look at it is uh, the anchor was dropped at that point, you know, and, you know, once the anchor is dropped, the ship might keep floating forward, but it, it can only float forward so far. And, you know, we're floating forward still because we're still moving day by day in the year 2024, but not much longer. Eventually, it's going to we're going to stop and we're going to get it's going to stop and we're going to get raptured. So. So, yeah, um, just remain hopeful and uh, keep looking up. Thank you for sticking it out to the end of video end of the video, and I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you were blessed by it. And if you guys have any good information or you want to um, have asked me a question, just drop it in the comment section. Anyway, thanks again and God bless.